This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening. who wish to control their own lives and move beyond existence as mere clients and consumers, those people ride a bike. That's from Wolfgang Sachs. Pedal your blues away Forget all your troubles away You're listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show here on Radical Radio 3CR. Podcasting, streaming, or listening on the tranny in the kitchen. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. Always a great show to keep up on what's happening in America. We've got a bit of a show coming up today. We're going to have a close look with uh, Adam from Good Cycles, about 10 years of Good Cycles, how they started, why they're still going. But of course... Alongside them, he added, alongside the ride with myself and Faith. Morning, Faith. Morning, Val. What a pleasant, beautiful, <laughs> gentle Melbourne Monday morning, I've got to say. Well, if you checked the bomb radar, it was a very nice morning to ride into the studio. Especially with the southerly wind behind you. <laughs> All good. Ah, we have got a bit of a show coming up, and uh, so apart from the weather, and um, I forgot to mention in that, great to see the Jacarandas out again. (laughs) (laughs) If you're riding around Melbourne, it's always great to spot those lovely purple trees, and um, as the seasons go by. First off, bike moments. Faith, as I was riding in this morning, good? Yep. And the other day, I'm just going to give um, a little bit of a shout-out to all those mudguards out there in bicycle <laughs> land who are doing their job. They stay on the job all the time. Protect your feet, protect your shoes. When they're needed, they're always there. I dip smell into my mudguards. guards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they are great. You know, in in Australia, I think it must have stopped sometime in the late 70s, you sold a bike that wasn't a road bike. It had to have mudguards on it. And I think in Germany, still a commuting bike 
must be shod with mud guards as well. Can't be overestimated. No, it can't. I am. Faith, a bike bike moment. Um, Well, I think the first 15 minutes of my ride in, I thought it would be something about the bomb and their inability to predict constant heavy drizzle for 20 minutes across four suburbs. But then I got to Edinburgh Gardens and was um, reminded of my favourite planting there, which was a couple of years ago they lined the bike path with jacaranda trees, which were very young, so have not been spectacular. But every year making some progression and um, starting to, on the east west side really start to look um the, there are some heading towards st george's road so not directly on the bike path but yeah. um but getting big enough to create that haze yeah. where you or maybe it was just the rain dripping over my face but the where you can't act you just see purple like and yeah. i always end up singing purple haze and, and <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the moment I'm waiting for. The year I hit the bike path and go, oh, it's finally happening. <laughs> Doing your no, no, I'm not going to make a comment. <laughs> uh, oh, Adam, what you got something to share with us? Yeah, I cast my mind back to well, just last Friday. I was uh, at the Good Cycles Brunswick store, and um, a little kid popped in with his mum and he was on his little balance bike but he was just decked out and he was so proud to come into a bike store with his bike he had his sunglasses on (laughs) he had his little singlet and you know he he just came in proud as punch about just being in a bike shop and presenting his bike and knowing that he's riding around so it was just it was just a lovely little moment of reminding me um it actually reminded me of when I was a kid, it just been how proud I was just to ride around on my bike and just feel cool as, you know, I'm, I'm cool because I've got a bike. So, And he had no doubt he belonged. Like he just yeah. had that, yeah. you know, but that he, doubt as you grow up. He was still, get. He, he was, was super just, shy, but he yeah. just knew that he was in his place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With his people. Yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine wearing Oakley sunglasses. <laughs> he was, he was. They were versions of, the I'm style, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So. God, I couldn't imagine, never imagine those coming back into fashion. But anyway, <laughs> we'll be back in next year. We've got a little bit of news to touch on. Um, if you've been um, paying attention, as everybody who listens to this show does, Yarra Council have um, moved forward there from their trial of 30-kilometre uh, speed restriction zones in parts of uh, Fitzroy and uh, Collingwood but now taking in another big square of um, land in Collingwood to all those streets controlled by Yarra City Council and now will be, this will probably wait till February, I think, before it gets through, will be back down to a 30-kilometre speed zone. And for huge differences in deaths, serious injuries, the drop from 40k to 30k everywhere all around the world shows enormous results and enormous drops of up to 20% in some cases. Yeah, yeah. And that sort of um, segues nicely into the news from Marybeck that they're rolling out 40 kilometre per hour speed limits on all local roads. Yeah. 
And this has been something that was first voted in as an action plan in the 2010 pedestrian strategy, 13 years ago. Um, one local councillor, Councillor Yildiz, has made some comments saying he doesn't agree with it and it seems to be some sort of a Greens agenda, but he was mayor in 2010 um, and uh, um, wrote a forward to the pedestrian strategy that included this. Um, it was also voted unanimously in by all councillors in 2019 as part of the Integrated Transport Strategy. Uh, and one of the thing, reasons why it's big news, and this is the bit I think people don't appreciate, councils don't control the speeds on their roads. No. And um, every time council wants to change one road to 40k, they have to go through this incredibly bureaucratic process with the DTPP. So... Um, Marybeck have uh, gone through a, quite a long process to get the ability to do all the local roads in the entire LGA, which is um, quite big news. And as for the 30K trials, Marybeck is also running a trial. And this trial they're doing with the DTPP, so it will – it is – and the point of the trial is to develop the 30 kilometre per hour guidelines at the DTPP, which don't actually exist – and which is why you can't get 30 kilometres per hour made permanent. So that's also um, going to progress things, hopefully. Yeah. A part of the uh, argument at Yarra was then the where they sat in position to... A lot of roads in Yarra are controlled by Vic Roads, which mm. they have no say over. No. So there's a bit of a bounce back on that. And like I say, this is February. There are a few hoops to jump through as well. Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, it's taken a bit of time. It does, and it seems that whenever a council wants to change speed limits, you know, there's an enormous amount of time spent managing that change with the DTP. So um, that's good to see a bit of progress on that. It is. Now we're going to be back with Adam just after this break. <laughs> Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. And you're back listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show. Our guest today is Adam Lana from Good Cycles. And Adam's here to talk about Good Cycles reaching their 10-year anniversary. And um, is, yeah. thank, thank you for having me here. Uh, yes, it's been a long 10 years, but I believe that uh, you've spoken to Loretta here on, on the show before, one of the co-founders. Loretta was here in 2013 and I think again in 2015. And um, um, CEO Luke. Uh, and, uh, look, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, a few times, yeah. So yeah. good to have a catch up and uh, and see how Good Cycles has changed and grown in that time. It has changed a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the looking at what Luke and Loretta uh, first envisaged was just all about being, you know, getting, helping young people through bike 
through the bike and bike being a bike mechanics and mobile bikes and they were at the time just going around and servicing um, offices and you know they, it was very much just about yeah, tr- about training young people to to service bikes, and um, yeah, and they were doing some great things. There was a lot of uh, they were taking uh, taking donations of bikes and upcycling them and giving them to uh, you know, to asylum seekers or people in need at the time. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, yeah, things changed a little since then. So it's uh, yeah, I guess over the years the the model sort of looked when you when it was just about bikes and and servicing it, it was like well how are we going to progress how are we going to grow and um yeah things have changed a little now we're i think we're at about 150 employees now and you know we can't do that just by uh, no. fixing bikes no. at this yep. stage yeah and it it is um a big challenge for not-for-profits who who start off with that core idea, how do you build in longevity? Um, Because sometimes that very inspiring first idea might not have the breadth to to build that. So how have Good Cycles managed to – what are the things you've done that have given you the ability to – To change, yeah. I mean, I think it was – I mean, it was diversification, really. Uh, when uh, so Jason, the current CEO, came in, I think in about 2015, he had a long history of bike share and being in, like he worked overseas um, in Taiwan with some big bike brands, and also helped roll out bike share in those early days of uh, of bike share across across the world. And I guess he came back and brought that experience with him. He also he also used to own um, St Kilda Cycles. Uh, so he had the retail history as well, and and I think it was just moving away from that mobile mechanic model, which you know which was pretty much a, and training more into you know running a, a commerce you know running more commercial fare. So I think in 2016 we won the contract for Melbourne Bike Share and fixing all the Melbourne Bike Share, and that um, yeah and we saw the opportunity I guess to to start creating more jobs rather than just training people because you know if our, our major our impact has always been about helping young people, you know, get break 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 their barriers to employment, and we couldn't just we felt like we could make more impact by getting them in a job and creating a job for them rather than just training them and and, and let's, pushing them and and, and yeah. seeing how they go out there. I yeah, mean, how many bike mechanics can we train and make in 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 Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. So, what are the diversifications that besides bike share? Yeah. The, yeah, I think in 2000 and around the same time, 2016, another opportunity came up where we got to uh, to do some bike, uh, some car share cleaning, um, mm. and it was sort of starting to use the bike instead of using the bike as a motor transport to get around and be a mechanic. Um, we thought, well, why don't we use the bike to go around and just do some jobs? And uh, we got some, we got some work with um, some of the the car share. Um, I think it was Kinto and Flexicar and, and those crew, and uh, we, you know, jumped on our bike and went over and started cleaning cars um, using the bike instead of using a van or a car. We we use the bike to do so. So that um, so we again that was about creating jobs, um, winning contracts and creating jobs to yeah to help those young people find work and and um, yeah support them in in their employment and in, and career. Um, 
Sorry. <laughs> Look, I'm just um, to go just go back a step. I know yeah. the world can have too many bicycle mechanics, and there's not a huge employment area in bicycle mechanics. The part of that at that period of time when you were starting, the any sort of TAFE recognition for bicycle mechanics was virtually gone by then. No, no that's right. Um, we, yeah, there was I guess a few changes that happened back then, and I think in two thousand and one, one of the diversifications for us was actually we were we're doing more training, and we actually purchased um, uh, Bicycle Training Australia. Yep. So we acquired that business, and that helped us grow the training. So like at that point in time, there was a still a big training focus for us. So we had young people uh, training. We had the public training a lot, training alongside young people. Uh, who might be from the justice system or you know from different walks of, of life who needed needed a leg up and we um, yeah we were running bicycle training uh, programs for yeah for the public and and, and young people as well um, and that's had a big impact you're still running that program no so I think basically what what ended up so, happening no it was um, one of the things that that changed over the years I guess and that diversification that we we're talking about um, after we started cleaning cars, it was like, well, what else can we do? Um, and we found partnerships with the likes of Citywide and City of Melbourne to um, sort of extend uh, the, the services that we could do on bikes. So we started loading up our bikes with, uh, with tools and, and equipment and we started servicing little things around the city and those little things. So we, like right now, our services... Um, you know, include going and inspecting solar bins, for example, the most complex uh, bins in in the <laughs> world. But <laughs> like, um, uh, but we, yeah, we've got it. We've got a crew that go do that, and then we also looked at um, you know food waste and and delivery as well. So we you know, we just started jumping on our bikes and seeing what we could do to replace the cars and trucks that uh, that they're in the city. That that you know, instead of creating congestion, it's like we can get on our bike and. Uh, yeah. Go, you know, um, paint a park bench or do some really light landscaping in the city, and uh, and you know, do that with a bike and, and a young person rather than, uh, yeah, a, a truck polluting the place. And also adding, like, to the dangers for um, pedestrians and cyclists who are trying to move around the city. Like, if we can get rid of some of those trucks and small vans, yeah. then um, that's yeah. going to create a, a more livable and Definitely. Walkable and rideable environment. The more yeah. infrastructure for our, you know, for our people, for our young people and our workers going out there and um, doing their services, it, it's their job. They're out there on, yeah. on the bike all day. Um, yeah, the, the the less congestion there is around cars and the more infrastructure to keep them safe here. Where mm. that's we love seeing that. Adam, mm. oh sorry, Adam, can you give us an example of say, a, I'm not going to say average, but close to mean. Um, client and maybe touch upon what are those barriers that they've found before they come to you? Yep. Um, I guess the, so if we're looking at the young person as our client, the most people that we're, we're trying to have impact on, um, there, you know, some, there's some really basic things around what they need. And sometimes like they usually experience a few levels of, um, of barriers. The first one is actually just experience. I mean, every young person struggles with experience and finding a job. So that's a that's a, that's a very common. Um, obviously, 
stuff like disability or uh, or just um, coming from a from a diverse background. Um, sometimes language can be an issue, um, but generally speaking, it's the it's the experience not having not not being given a go in the in the first place. Um, and yeah, and then yeah, just. Uh, you know, education. Uh, yeah, so it's, there's a few. There's a few barriers there. Good. Sorry, it's the face at the door. Um, give us a rough idea of numbers. How many people would be? In? So yeah, so we've, we we're aiming for a. So as a we're a work integrated social enterprise. That's our model. Um, we are basically a. We're a non-for-profit. We're registered as a non-for-profit. Not every social enterprise has to be a yeah. non-for-profit, but we we are. Um, we employ about 150 people right now, and we're aiming as as a bare minimum. We're aiming at about uh, 30% young people of the people we want to have impact on. But I think we're at about 40 at the um, or well, about 40 young people working with us at the moment. Um, that we're basically and and so our youth employment program, which is the program that we run for young people that's you know that is all about coaching and support and basically helping them in their career uh, so that they they after they if they leave us then we we know that they're going to go get a job um yeah we're confident that we'll get a job (laughs) (laughs) because that's we've got an unfortunate model sometimes here in australia if you can't find a job the first person that we blame is the person without looking at the structure Mm -hmm. or the support or lack of support Um, instead what we do is demand that you fulfill these mutual obligations and we forget the rest yeah it's yeah it is scary there's a really cool example as I've been working with Good Cycles um, when I was just talking with um, one of the guys who interviews um, new prospects new, new young people and you know he he said oh yeah we had this one kid walk in and he was terrible he was absolutely horrible he couldn't he couldn't talk to us and he goes you know what let's get him in and and it was that that really made yeah. sense to me it was like oh okay so not everyone interviews well not yeah. everyone yeah. has the the ability and then then we watch it change like people that start with us and you know they're, they're super shy and they they don't really have many skills and then six months later they they, they change people they've got this confidence and um, yeah they're just working well with the team and not everyone yeah and they just yeah they just blossom uh, you know because yeah. they've been given the chance yeah because a lot of the time those skills that are identified in particularly in interviews as um, positives are purely the result of the world having treated you quite well. Mm. Like, you know, and if you have had those any of those negative things or not necessarily always gotten back that that sort of good mirror yes. then that that has an impact yeah, immediately on the way you're going to be able to present. Exactly. Not everyone just fits comes out of school mm. fits fits the mould perfectly as as the world as we see it commercially. So uh yeah, you know, we hope to Offer young people that the chance to yeah, just to get that support and coaching they yeah. need to to move on to to a, a proper career and which obviously is beneficial for the uh, you know for our economy and all that sort of stuff. So <laughs> and also yeah, modelling some of those changes we need to see on a broader level, like the not every business or trade needs 
a massive SUV to carry everything. There's a lot of jobs that can be done using some version of a cargo bike. Um, Absolutely. So, and, and yeah, it can be hard to get the commercial world to take that on. So having an organisation that models that in their work practices is um, also really good. Well, that's what we're trying to... I mean, that's, uh, I guess, how we define ourselves. It's sort of the social innovation and environmental innovation. How do we smash those two things together and you know create a job out of that and obviously the bike's a great way of doing it um i mean we've got now services where we're not using bikes anymore yeah. we've actually gone beyond that and you know we've got a, a depot out in sunshine where we're mowing mowing grass we actually mow the whole m80 the whole western ring road we we mow that and obviously we can't do that on a bike um so we're, we're you know that but we're you know having great impact with young people there yeah so what we're going to do now is as we have the impact with the young people, we start to try and bring in more environmental innovation into that. So do we electrify? Can we ride bikes to those places? So it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep, keep driving uh, you know, social and environmental innovation together. Do you think it's going to become a transportable idea, this to be replicated in other places? Uh, we're, hope, we're hoping to find the model that does. Um, you know, we, I guess we believe that every business should be a social enterprise of some sort, you know, and, and give back. I mean, I think commercially it can be difficult because, you know, especially in, you know, if, if we're doing, talking about asset management and mowing and, you know, it's a, it's a yeah. very low margin world that we're trying to have impact in and, you know, and we know that the coaching and support for a young person costs money yeah. and I guess that's what we're still, what we're honing and we're trying to get that model right where, you know, if we need to win a contract, because we have to win contracts like anyone yep. else, and we're up against other players that don't have the the coaching and support in there, so we either got to raise value or try and compete. And you know, and I guess there's still a gap there for us. And so we, you know, we still do lean on some philanthropic or uh, grants uh, to help us get to get you know to yep. to, to actually yeah, be profitable. I guess. But the idea, I mean, you're a very local organisation you're very focused on your local community Mm -hmm. especially the vulnerable in those communities Mm -hmm. without making a profit yeah profit's not necessarily a dirty word I don't think I'm not not, not saying it's a dirty word Um, but growth for growth's sake as actually taking one thing and exploiting it as far as possible exactly Irregardless of the personal cost you make to the mm. people who work for you, that's, right. that's a different thing. And that's the model that we're trying to prove. You don't have to um, beat the hell out of everything just to get a profit. I guess it's like you, we can, you know, we can have that social innovation in there. We can have environmental. We can help people while still being commercially successful. And commercial success should mean that there's social success and environmental yeah. success in there as well. And I think, I'm, I'm going to say this, you've been going 10 years. Most of these things flat out lasting 18 months, two years. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think um, the team has worked really hard and whatever project, I mean, there's been many projects that we've tried over the years and I think that's one of the things that we pride ourselves on. We just keep trying. Um, some things get up, some things don't. So it's that, that creativity Um is uh, is important. You know, safety is really important to us. Um, so if we can keep people safe, we can keep uh, being creative and yeah, trying to innovate. Then we'll um, hopefully keep going from there. 
And if people want to find out more at good, about Good Cycles, they can do that at... Yeah, goodcycles.org. Um, come into one of the bike shops. Uh, there's four of them. Or, uh, yeah, just check us out online. Awesome. And that's all we have time for this lovely Monday morning here in Melbourne. Next up is... Shebop. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.